listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Welcome everyone to the Pines Church online experience. My name is Matt Joy. I'm the lead pastor here and I am so excited that you carved out 25 minutes and change to study God's word alongside us. We are just coming off baptisms in our church. 15 people made the decision to get baptized after surrendering their lives to the Lordship of Jesus. It was a huge celebration for those of you that couldn't be with us in person. Uh, Obviously, we are in Maine, and it was the cold, I think what will go down on the record books as the coldest day in the summer of Maine 2022 at 48 degrees. I can't even believe that. That's nuts. On top of that, it was pouring rain. And so, but that didn't stop anyone We had a packed out service. Every single person came outside. Um, They were all, they all had umbrellas because it was pouring rain. And um, those 15 people made a public profession of a personal decision that they made to surrender their lives to the Lordship of Jesus. There were tears, there were hugs, there was yelling, fist bumping. It was, it was just awesome. And so I'm so proud of each and every single one of those individuals. Um, Their first act of obedience and surrendering their lives to the Lordship of Jesus. And so today we're going to kind of spring off of that because first and foremost, I believe the most important thing that we can recognize as believers is that our identity is rooted in Christ. When we get this revelation, it sinks from our head into our heart, then we realize that the rejection of man, the praise of man, the labels given by man have absolutely no authority and power over our lives because our lives are now defined according to scripture. We have been adopted into a royal family. God looks at us and calls us sons and daughters. And so our identity is rooted in God's love and there's nothing that we need outside of God. Every single one of our needs are met according to his riches and glory, physically, financially, emotionally, and spiritually. And so when we understand that, we are finally free to be able to step into the destiny, the calling, uh, the dreams that God has placed on the inside of us. There is a danger, okay, in running to the destiny dreams in calling before understanding our identity. And then as we get along somewhere in the journey, we end up falling. We end up taking a side detour that is not God's best and we can lose those things we've labeled for. So now that we understand our identity in Christ and it's firmly rooted, we can then begin to explore and to seek and to search out what we are put on this earth to do because the Bible does say in Psalm 139 16 that every moment of our life was recorded before a single day passed. So before you were ever born, God dreamed you. 
okay? And he wrote down every moment of your life, and he wrote a book about your calling, your destiny, your dream. And then the Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 5, that purpose, your dream, your vision, in a man is as deep water, but the man or woman of understanding draws it out. It excavates that dream. It excavates that calling. So God has placed eternity inside of our hearts, and it's our responsibility to partner with him, to excavate it so that we can live it out. But your calling, your destiny, your dream that God has placed in you is outside of your intellect, outside of your gifting, outside of your experience. In fact, when you get to the end of those things and then take one more step, that is when you begin to walk in that destiny, that calling, and that dream. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Why, why is that so important? You've heard that quoted in church probably your whole life. We walk by faith and not by sight. Why is that so important? Well, the Bible actually tells us in Proverbs 14, 12, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. I want to repeat that. There's a way that seems right. It seems correct. It seems good seems favorable, it seems fruitful, it seems beneficial. In your sight, it looks like the right road. But the Bible warns us, just because it looks favorable, just because it looks good, just because it looks right, it actually leads to destruction. Do you know what that tells me? That the way that leads to death and destruction looks good. So we can't always trust our natural eyes, which is why we must walk by faith to access God's best for our lives or to step into that dream, to step into that calling, to step into that destiny. Now, I think we talk about faith. Um, I think we talk about faith a lot in the church. Um, but I think there's been a little bit of a, a pendulum ship swing. I think some people have, have made faith a weird thing, right? And faith is not a weird thing. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. We are children of faith. And so um, I think it's important. I want to make this distinction that faith isn't weird, okay? I don't know what church you've been to. I don't know what experience you've had. Faith isn't weird. People are weird. Okay, as believers, we walk by faith. So faith is, a, is like oxygen to the believer. We're going to walk by faith each and every single day. So we need to define what is faith because you may have an idea of what you experience at seven, year, seven years old, walking into maybe a weird church or to a weird environment, or you were manipulated by certain people. So you may have a bad idea of what faith is. So we're going to go to scripture to define faith for all of us. So the Bible actually defines it in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is, so we know that they're about to tell us what faith is, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
It doesn't, first I want to say this, it doesn't say faith was or faith will one day be. It says faith is. Our faith is anchored in God who was, who is, and who will always be. Our faith is anchored in God. The Bible says in Matthew 6.10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the only way the will of God can be brought from heaven to earth is by faith. And that is how we walk out that destiny, that calling, that dream. That's the only way for us to receive any of the promises in God's word is by faith. It is the access point in which we receive God's promises. So let's examine that definition, the substance of things hoped for, right? Hope means a lot of things to a lot of people, you know? I hope they don't run out of this. I hope they have this. It's almost like, you know, you're kind of, it's like a wish, all right? The Apostle Paul penned these words in Romans, and I think it does, it gives a, a really clear um, definition of what hope is and what hope actually isn't. So in Romans 4, 17, he says this, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations, this is speaking of Abraham, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be, and not being weak in faith, so you can be strong in faith and you can be weak in faith, he did not consider his own body since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith. So here's Abraham receiving this promise that was given to him that he was going to be the father of many, even though his body was past the point of reproductive age and his wife was past that point. So he stepped out of what he sees in the natural. There's no way that this can be possible. He steps away from unbelief and he activates his faith to believe the promise that God spoke over his life. Giving glory to God by believing God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. So if God speaks something over your life, I think all of us would agree that he's capable of performing it. But the question is, do you believe that he can perform it? We believe in God, but do we believe God? I'm going to say that again. We believe in God. Yes, there is a higher power. Yes, I believe in God. But do you believe his word? Do you believe him when he says something to you? That's a rhetorical question. You can just ask yourself that. Um, Paul is making the distinction, going back, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, like, what is he talking about? Sounds like he's talking out of two sides of his mouth, but he's not. He's making the distinction between worldly hope and godly hope. Worldly hope is like a wish. It's like flipping a coin into a fountain. I hope we get it. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are, right? It's a wish. It's a, it's a pipe dream, okay? Godly hope is a confident expectation. You expect that to come into reality because it was spoken by God. It's trust. 
It's underlying trust that God is who he says he is. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.3, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So everything we see came from God's command. He spoke it into existence. That's what the Bible says. And we receive that promise by what? By faith, because we were not there. So we trust God and we believe him, even though we can't, we, we, do, we weren't there to physically see it. See, I shared this scripture because in all my years in the church, it's interesting to me how many of us have settled our salvation. So we have the faith to believe that we are saved from an eternal lake of fire, that we're going to spend eternity in heaven, and rightfully so, but yet we struggle with other promises in God's word that in comparison are way smaller, like I hope I have enough money to pay my bills. I hope that God leads me to the right spouse to spend the rest of my life with. I hope God shows me the correct career path I should take. Of course he's going to show you those things. Going back to Psalm 139.16, every moment of your life was recorded. He already planned it all out. And there's nobody more passionate about seeing you walk in those things than God. But we wrestle and we struggle and we doubt and we fight unbelief in those areas. But most of us have settled that we are his. And then when we die, we're passing into eternity in heaven with him. And we don't lose sleep over it. We don't bite our nails over it. But if we're honest, we might lose sleep and bite our nails over our bills or our spouse, or our career path, right? But in comparison, right, it's so much smaller to believe God for that. You know, the Bible calls Abraham, going back to Abraham, the father of faith. But you know what? His name wasn't always Abraham. If you go back and read his story, he was actually at birth named Abram. And when Abram was up in his 90s, way past the age of reproduction, God gives him this promise and changes his name to Abraham, which means father of a multitude, okay? Now, we read this story and we just think like back to Sunday school, father Abraham had many sons, many sons, many sons had father Abraham, I'm one of them. And so are you, right? And we just, it's almost like it's Greek mythology. But this is a real human being that had a relation, a real relationship with God. And he had friends and he lived in a community. And his name was Abram. And everybody knew him as Abram for 90 years. And then God gives him this promise that, that, that seems in the natural impossible. And then he says, not only am I giving you this promise, I'm changing her name to Abram, Abraham, which means father of multitude. So people would have known and understood that. And so I want, you to, I want you to hear this. Abraham, which was his new name given by God, now had to go into his community and correct people that called him Abram and tell him that his name was Abraham, even though he didn't have the result of that promise yet, 
He hadn't apprehended that promise yet, and he had to correct people and say, no, 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 it's not Abram anymore, it's Abraham. But that's father of, of a multitude. And, and you don't have any kids, you're way past, it's like an old man saying that. It's like an old man calling himself, you know, the goat, Michael Jordan. And you're like, dude, you, you, there's no way, like you couldn't, you couldn't do that. Do you understand? So by faith, he walked in this promise. People will always tell you why something can't happen and they will ridicule you for your faith. Everybody will come to you with a litany of reasons why that promise can't be fulfilled in your life rather than coming alongside and believing with you. So you just have to accept that and you need to be ready for that. That often when you are walking out one of the promises of God, you, it may just be you and God in the beginning. But as you walk that out and you're faithful to correct people and say, no, my name's not Abram, it's Abraham. People may be laughing at you, but they're going to be standing in awe when the promise of God comes into your life, into fruition. And that's going to cause them to go to God and to believe that God is no respecter of persons. What he did for one, he'll do for another. So your life is a living testimony. See, I wonder what things are resting in your heart, waiting for you to call them out by faith. God was calling those things out in Abraham, not as they were, but as they could and should be. And we as believers have to look at certain situations, relationships, businesses, and call those things not as they are, but as they could be exercising the faith that God has put inside of our hearts. Oh, time is going by so quick. Um, okay. I'm, okay, uh, I have so much more, but I'm gonna next week, I'm gonna talk about the second part of this. So we're gonna make this a two-part series. I didn't know that until now, but I wanna make sure that I cover all of my bases on this because this is so fundamental to us as believers that we understand um, this. And so I wanna give you one more. Um, I'm, I'm gonna end with this. Oh, gosh, this is all so good. Okay, I'm gonna end... Okay, I'm going to end with this. I want to invite you to explore these words with me. I want you to study these out. I want you to write this scripture down and read it at least four or five times throughout the week. And I want you to invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate it to you in a way that you've never read before. Okay, I want you to read this scripture with fresh eyes. Not go to that place, yeah, 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 I've heard that. No, hear it as if you're hearing it for the very first time, like a child in awe and wonder. And this is Ephesians 3. 16 through 20, and I'm reading out of the NIV. Okay, so hear this. Close your eyes if you have to, unless you're driving. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, which is what we talked about at the beginning of the message, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people 
to grasp how wide, long, and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us. Recently, I was reading, actually, it was a little while ago, to be honest with you, National Geographic. I don't even know if it's a magazine anymore, but I was reading a National Geographic article and had like a big picture of the ocean and, the, you know, the world is like 70% water it's made up of, which is crazy to think about. And the, and the biggest bodies of water are obviously the ocean. But in this article, it went on to explain that over 85% of the ocean has yet to be explored. Can, can you imagine that? Like, I know we're trying to send Teslas to the moon and get on Mars, but there's so much here. If 70% of the earth is water and over 85% of the ocean, we've never even explored the depths of it. We have no idea what's in there. And you think about all the things we do know. We know about seahorses, we know about octopuses, we know about sharks, we know like a lot but that doesn't even scratch the surface. There's 85% more that we have no clue what's in there. And the reason that I share this is I think there are so many people in the body of Christ, in church, like a time clock, checking in on Sunday morning and then going about their lives the rest of the week, not willing to step out of the kiddie pool and explore the wonders and mystery and awe of all that God has for us. And I want to encourage you this morning, afternoon or evening, whenever you're watching or listening to this, to take a step in faith towards exploring the destiny, the purpose, the dreams, the calling that God has placed in your life. And I believe that is where you will find that passion and that drive to not only succeed, but to rule and reign in this life with the authority that Christ paid the price to give you. My friends, I am here to tell you that there is so much more than what you have seen, which is why the Bible commands us not to walk by faith. I'm sorry, that's horrible. Which is why the Bible commands us not to walk by sight, but to walk by faith so that we can access the deep, wonders and mystery of God's promises over our life. I'm going to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that something stirred on the inside of everybody listening and watching. I pray that they would meditate on this scripture, that you would illuminate things I didn't even touch on, and that it would become rhema inside of their spirit, that they would be able to explore the riches of your glory and wonder. God, we give you all the praise because you are so worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. So please tune in next week. We're going to be talking about the second part of this. God's love language is faith. We're going to be exploring that. So until next time, Godspeed.
Thank you so much for listening to Keep the Main Thing the Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.